Okay, welcome back to the podcast. Two pints of water and a packet of whey. So it's been a while since we've done one of these. Um, Dan just literally told me before we started recording that it was April that we recorded our last our last podcast. So it's been a while. Um, to be honest with all of you, the reason we haven't been recording is just simply that we're too busy. Um, myself and Dan were had a lot of time over the lockdowns to record some of these. And uh, when the gyms opened up again, we were very, very busy and we didn't have a lot of free time and trying to co-align our schedules to record some of these was proven really difficult at the start. So we decided to just take a break for a bit and, uh, and now we're back. Um, obviously, this doesn't pay our bills. Um, our businesses do. So that had to take priority for a while. And, uh, and now that we've settled things down a little bit, we're back into sort of like a normal routine again, I would say. Um, we're back recording podcasts. So Let's start off with uh, with you, Dan. What you been up to? Do you want to give our listeners a little update into the life of Dan Judo White? <laughs> yeah. So the break. Um, God, it's been a while since we said that intro coming in the podcast. Hey. Um, yeah. Update. It's been quite a long summer. So first, I think I kind of would would agree with you. We obviously during the first and probably second lockdown obviously had bundles of time on our hands but it's difficult when you're sort of running almost two businesses side by side like an on an online which was really taking off and sort of overtaking my face face business but also still running a very busy face face schedule as well so i was trying to do like 20 odd sessions a week you know with probably about 20 odd hours of online stuff as well so it is a lot and uh we didn't want the value of the podcast to drop or for us to just throw out podcasts like willy-nilly just for the sake of it with improper content. And, you know, we obviously always have cool guests that come on, but we didn't just want to, like, pull um, people out of thin air, really. So that's kind of why we decided to take a break. I think the break ended up lasting a little bit longer than we had initially attended, but that was purely just because, you know, life got in the way in summer and all that sort of stuff so what i've really been up to throughout the summer um is uh, i've been working i've been training um i you know turned 30 turned 30 in august and me and matt had a big night out for it <laughs> on the 25th of august um so that was really good i am actually not long back from a three-week trip around portugal and italy and spain which I'll talk a little bit about more soon. Um, and yeah, just training, working. Um, I've enjoyed well-needed time off. I've not been away properly since 2019 anywhere in the world. So it was really, really good to get on a flight again. It was good to travel about a bit, good to get some sun, good to get um, see some other places. I've actually taken up proper... Spanish lessons now, so I do uh, an hour of Spanish a week um, on Zoom, um, which is pretty good. It's something different to what I'm used to doing. It's very difficult. Uh, I still play guitar um, as well, so I'm still trying to do at least an hour a week of that, um, and that's really what I do. And to be honest with you, it's quite a full-time job <laughs> having two businesses, doing all the sports I do currently. I do football, gymnastics judo twice a week uh, and i weightlift at least probably four times a week as well so two businesses all that you know you can imagine my lifestyle is pretty hectic yeah 
Yeah, and like I'm the same. I mean, I totally get you because I'm the same. Um, and clients that I train in the gym, I think, understand how busy I am because you know I'm speaking to them regularly and uh, and sort of talking them through my schedule. Um, but I'm much and such the same as you. Um, training, training clients, you know, work, buying the seed and stuff. Um, online work with clients that do that obviously no one really sees. I don't really mention it in social media because I'm not really, as you know, I'm not really that active on social media. Yeah. Um, but just a lot going on that people maybe don't see. I mean, um, my schedule is pretty hectic as well. I'd like to think I have a decent work-life balance at the moment, but I would say it was probably um, a little bit top-heavy at the start when we came out of lockdown. A little bit too much work going on, a little bit less balance. But now I think I've got a sort of a hold of it and um and let's be honest being busy when you're self-employed is never really a bad thing um you would you would trade places with people who aren't busy every single day of the week so it's never really a bad thing it's sometimes just a case of you know getting your balance together making sure that you're looking after yourself because for me for example i i try to make sure that you know relationships aren't compromised um my dog's got enough time to spend with me he gets out regularly and that my training doesn't suffer and my nutrition doesn't suffer those things for me um, are just as high on the priority list as work and business and being busy with PT. Because if one of those suffers, I suffer for it. Um, and you've got to look after yourself at the end of the day, you know, when you're a PT and you're self-employed, you are your business, you know? So if you're, if you're heading towards burnout, you really have to fix it before it actually happens. Um, so I haven't been on a holiday as luxurious as yours, Dan, but um, we just got back the other day from Alton Towers. So that was good fun. Um, Anyone that knows me knows I love a bit of adrenaline, skydiving, roller coasters, all that stuff. I love all that kind of stuff. Um, controlled danger. Well, danger, that's what I always call it. Adrenaline rushes. Um, but yeah, next time we'll go, Dan. Next time we'll go. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's kind of what I've been up to. Nothing too crazy to scream and shout about. But yeah, I've just been chipping away, doing some fun stuff. And uh, yeah, I'm, you know what? I'm really actually looking forward to doing this again to get yeah. the podcast going, getting some cool guests on. For those of you listening just now, we've got some really good ideas for the podcast that we're going to be, um, well, we're going to make happen in the coming weeks. So um, look out for the following episodes after this and uh, hopefully it will provide some really good content, both educational and, um, and hopefully some fun stuff as well because we've had quite a lot, between the two of us, we've had quite a lot of feedback from the podcast and I was actually really, really chuffed with some of the feedback that we got. Um, and I was genuinely quite surprised at how many people have messaged me since we stopped recording saying like, when are you doing the podcast again? When's your next episode? Like even had a couple of people ask if me and you had fallen out <laughs> just because we, we obviously never really spoke about stopping. It just sort of, yeah. it just sort of happened. You know, we, we yeah. didn't really plan it the way it's happened, but it's just one of these things. Um, so now that we're back on it, we'll be doing one of these every week. Yeah. and uh, releasing one episode a week for you guys. As I say, hopefully some educational content and some uh, some good information as well. So, so yeah, that's what we're planning on doing from now on. Um, obviously, this is our first one back in a while, and uh, hopefully just keep churning them out. Yeah, I mean, before I get into a little bit more, because I want to mention some of the cool, cooler places I went um, on holiday, is that one of the feedback that both myself and Matt got was, that we weren't doing enough, just me and him. We were getting plenty of cool guests on, and don't get me wrong, that's obviously gives us more exposure. You know, it gives you guys more content. We try to to look at every, I suppose, like corner of the fitness, gym, health, 
nutrition sport industry we try to get people from all different corners um, and we've had you know powerlifters on boxers uh, olympic athletes and um, battle loss specialists you know um, and we, we we will continue to try and do that however I have a brain, Matt has a brain, <laughs> and we do have experience in most stuff when it comes to health, certainly health, fitness, sort of mindset, and, and nutrition related. So we're probably going to try and do a little bit more of us. So unfortunately, you'll have to listen to our voices a little bit more, the tangents a little bit more, <laughs> and uh, there will be still guests coming on, but they won't be as frequent, um, I'd say, not in the short term, certainly, but we've still got some pretty cool guests lined up. So stay tuned for them so i just put in as well dan just before you go on this one is uh if you're listening to this and you're a regular listener like we've got quite a few diehards that listen to pretty much every episode and if you do want us to cover something like what we said before when we were recording previous podcasts just tell us we'd be happy to to get some recommendations for podcasts we've got loads of ideas so we don't need them but if you do have something you want us to cover in great detail as long as me and dan are clued up on the topic we'll definitely chat about it um i had a couple of people ask us or ask me anyway, why we don't talk more about bodybuilding. Um, and the reason is, Dan's already kind of covered it, but the reason is, is because it's not a bodybuilding podcast. Just because that's my hobby, just like it's not a judo podcast, and that's Dan's hobby. Um, we want to cover loads of different topics and not be totally biased in our approach. And we want to sort of give you a grander look at the fitness industry, not just through a tunnel vision bodybuilder, not just through a tunnel vision fighter, judo, um, boxer or Olympic weightlifter, powerlifter, strongman. We don't want it to be that. We wanted it from day one to be a broad range of topics to keep everything exciting, to make it good information, to be educational. So, so that's kind of why we haven't really settled on one topic. We do it on purpose, and it is like a conscious effort for us to to do that. Yeah, and no offense, like if you ask me to just make this like a, even a fighter or a judo specific podcast, I'd get bored. And I love the sport and I'm honestly, I've been doing it since I was like 10 years old. I'm so passionate about it, but it gets boring if that's all I have to talk about. We have had some cool people on and finding out about like John and his pole vaulting, like didn't even, re- I knew pole vaulting was a sport obviously, but didn't really know like much about it at all. So it was good to get some of the people on and learn more about them. And as Matt kind of said, we're trying to cover all basis from day one. That's what we've kind of said. So, uh, yeah, I think that's what we'll do moving forward. So, I want to say, start off by saying uh, where I went on holiday. So, I went to Portugal. I'm not going to lie to you. It rained. <laughs> the full, almost full three days I was there. Um, and I got one afternoon, I think. I think there was a stint of five hours where we got one afternoon where it was sunny but cloudy. So, it was warm. So, we got to the beach which was okay. And then we went from there, we went to Naples. Uh, and have you ever been to Naples? No, I've never been. The only place in Italy I've ever been to is Rome. Rome. Okay. So Naples is, is a really, really good place. Um, and even better is down the coast to Sorrento. I'd never been to Sorrento before, but it genuinely is like one of my favorite places. Uh, and then we went to the Amalfi Coast, which is obviously where all the rich and the famous hang out. Um, it was, ugh, don't get me wrong, it was spectacular to see, but I don't think I'll ever need to go again. 
uh, and there's only one road in and out and it's a coastal road and it's a high up mountain road so you can imagine a coach a stagecoach bus right which if you're not from Aberdeenshire you won't, probably won't know what stagecoach bus is going around these little corners and um, through tunnels that barely are skipping the roof and um, it was scary to say the least because there's like a 200 foot drop off the side of a mountain to the water so you know they were always beeping their horns to say we're coming around the corner and the bus drivers were aggressive so it took us ages to get there like two and a half hours from Sorrento and bearing in mind it was only probably about a 50 mile distance on the road so if you think about Aberdeen to Dundee 60 miles how long would it take you in a car roughly about an hour yeah this took us two and a half hours on a boat on a bus because there was so much bends and corners and up and down hills but once I got there you know I don't think you need to spend any more than a day there we spent two days there it was way too long even half the day I would actually go for the day and leave and um, I wouldn't stay the night like we did um, however I did run there and I got to run up in the mountains which was pretty cool there's pretty spectacular views like you don't get to run with that sort of scenery every day so I suppose that was a positive then we went back to Sorrento and Sorrento again was like one of my favorite places and from there we went to Valencia have you ever been to Valencia no I've never been I've been to the south of uh, of Spain I've been to a few places in Spain actually but I've never actually been to Valencia so Valencia I think hands down is one of my favorite places if you were like Dan you have to move out of the UK today I'd go to Valencia it was awesome. There's like this old river that runs through the city that apparently, I think it was either the 1950s, and correct me if I'm wrong here, I could be butchering this um, history story here, but in the 1950s or 1960s, the river burst its banks and flooded the whole city because there was a bad flood. And ever since, the river's been dry. <laughs> so there's now a river that runs around the city instead of through it. And uh, it's like maybe seven kilometers long, and it's like a sporting paradise. There's like football pitches, a running track, um, cycling tracks, paddle courts, tennis courts. Um, everyone's either running or riding a bike down the whole thing. It's like a long stretch through the city. And it was just uh, such an awesome place. And we tried to get tickets for uh, Valencia versus Real Madrid um, at night. And it was 2-1 Real Madrid. And I would have loved to go, but we couldn't get tickets. Then we went to Madrid. Madrid was okay, and then I went down to um, Malaga uh, and finished off with uh, my mate in Malaga, and then I came home. So that was the three weeks. Money well spent. Yeah. Trip was good. Food was good. Um, yeah. If anyone would recommend, I would recommend them to go to A, Sorrento, and B, Valencia. Yeah. Yeah, it's something, it's something that I've never done. I mean, I, I've been lucky. I've been on a lot of different holidays. I've been to quite a lot of places. Um, but there's, see what I think when you start talking about holidays, there's just so many places to go. It's like, it's like um, courses. You know, when we start talking about PT courses or coaching courses, nutrition, mindset. You talk about books. You talk about online learning. You talk about, you know, workshop weekends, hypertrophy weeks. Um, 
you know, me and Craig were talking about this the other day. It's like there's so many, there's so many good ones. Um, and uh, it's just trying to choose the ones that you really want to do the most. Yeah. Um, so on that topic, uh, me and Craig are actually going to go down in a couple of months' time to Durham in England to do Christian Thibodeau's course. Oh, yeah. uh, I'm sure you've heard of Christian Thibodeau. Yeah. Um, I actually don't know if that's how you pronounce his name right. I'm assuming. I think it's, it is, yeah. Yeah, I think it's either Thibodeau or Thibodeau. Um, so I, I hope I'm pronouncing that right. If not, I'm sure someone will correct me. Yeah. Um, so feel free to slide in my DMs and give me abuse for that if I'm wrong. Um, but yeah, that's going to be a hypertrophy weekend. So something to look forward to. I mean, because of COVID and everything and the last couple of years, the travel restrictions that have been throughout the UK, we haven't been able to go away for a course or have a course come to us in the UK. We're really lucky in the UK as coaches and, and members of the fitness industry that a lot of the top people in terms of education come to us. They actually come to the UK very regularly. Um, and we were supposed to have a course with Ben Bukowski and Milos Sarchev, who for people listening to this who don't know who they are, they're just complete legends in the coaching industry and the bodybuilding industry. Um, and unfortunately, due to COVID, it was cancelled. So we were really gutted about that. And then we were planning on um, trying to get to the dates um, for a John Meadows course. And unfortunately, recently, John Meadows died. Um, so I was devastated for that. I think everyone in the fitness industry is devastated by that. Um, not only because I never got the chance to actually meet him, um, but also it's just a massive loss in terms of the, the educational platform that he provided for, for the fitness industry. It's a massive loss. And, uh, and from what I've seen of him on YouTube and everything, podcasts, he just seemed like a really good guy as well. So that was, that was a shame. Um, but in terms of looking forward, there's that course. Um, have you got any courses planned, Dan, or any educational stuff? No, I haven't. I haven't, to be honest with you. I've kind of been toying with a few. Um, Martin McDonald's MNU really appeals to me. And also, um, I think we kind of spoke about it uh, pre-script as well. Yeah. Those are the two that are in my basket, so to say. I just need to sort of pick which one to do but they are expensive you know they're like two grand each you know so like i've got to make sure the one i, I want to do is right for the demographic and the the, the sort of client base that I currently serve which you know i would say probably martin's mnu is probably more beneficial for me at this particular time of my of my uh, my career but um it doesn't mean to say and it's time as well like it's a year it's a year-long course so with that on top of running two businesses and all the, the the sports that I do, you know, like I have to be careful that I'm not like biting off more than I can chew. Yeah. Having done the pre-script myself, I mean, I think off the top of my head, it was 16 weeks. I think it was 16 weeks, the course online. And luckily for me, I mean, it was, it was in lockdown. Um, the majority of, of doing pre-script or it was maybe all of it actually, it was done in lockdown. So for me, it was really, really easy to sort of study and retain yeah. the information. I think if I was doing it as part of my really busy schedule, I think it would have been more difficult to get through it. Because yeah. um, I'm not going to lie, man, the, the, the exam was tough for prescript. Yeah. Um, it was tough. I think they make it like that on purpose so that you can't have the qualification without really knowing your stuff. Yeah. Um, I can a, bit see like that. The UK, a bit like the UK SCA, they're like that. Supposedly they, want, they almost want people to fail if they're not yeah. quite assured in what they know because the problem with the level three diplomas is that they just go okay tick yeah yeah i mean i think we've talked about it in previous That's a tangent for another day. 
we've talked about it a bit in other podcasts, but how the level of difficulty for the PT exam, level three PT exam in the UK is just ridiculous. It's just an absolute joke how easy it is. I mean, like, I think, I genuinely think I could have came out of school without any formal education of training people. And just having done higher biology, I think I could have probably passed the yeah. PT exam without even going to a course. So if you're dealing with that, you're, you're going to deal with a lot of bad PTs, which, well, is, is exactly what's happened in the UK. So no surprises there. But, um, but yeah, it's always good to learn. It's always good to learn new stuff and do new courses and sort of test yourself with, with people who are more intelligent than you. Um, so I, I tend to learn better in person at workshops and things Same. where I'm actually there Same. conversing with people and discussing it. Um, practical application is something that I'm really good with. Things I'm not as good with is reading and reciting information. So I struggle to read through a textbook or uh, like a, an encyclopedia of knowledge when it comes to the fitness industry. I'm, I'm not very good at reading it and then reciting the information off by heart because I find it difficult to retain it. I'm very much an active learner. So like if I learn something, I need to do it, which yeah. is why the workshops, the practical application yeah. side of it seems to resonate with me a little bit better. Yeah. Um, everyone's different. That's just how I like learning. So I, I prefer actually going somewhere to do a course um, like Ultimate Performance Marbella we did um the m10 one with mark coles which i think is probably the best course i've ever done um the phil learning hypertrophy weekend you know those are the ones i've probably learned the most from because it's practical it's yeah. you know you're applying it there and then you learn you coach you learn you you get coached you know yeah. um because at the end of the day like you know anyone can go to a course but it doesn't mean you get anything from it yeah and because these courses are expensive like you said the preset Prescript course is expensive. It really is. It is expensive, but it's worth doing if you want to invest in yourself and uh, and you want to learn. What I would say about that one is it's, it's quite advanced. Um, I would say I've used some of it with clients, um, some things I learned from it. And I think I would need, if I'm being totally honest, I know a lot of my clients listen to this, but if I'm being totally honest, I think I would need more advanced clients to use more of the Jordan Shallows prescript. And I think that's the only issue I had with it. Yeah, and I was the same. I was the same with the muscle mentors because don't get me wrong, it was a good course. It was a good course to geek out on. However, like you know, I don't think you know, Sally that I train at the gym really cares about like fulcrum and load and moment arm and the practical force of um, application of force and you know, like she doesn't care about all that sort of stuff. She's like, Dan, can you set up the machine for me? Yeah, I'll look at her height. I'll, you know, I'll look at where her levers are and where it's most comfortable for her to be, and you know, the, where the the strongest point of application she can have. But I'm not going to tell her that because she's just going to go, "What are you on about?" I want to chat about like my kids and what I've been up to at the weekend, and you know, all that sort of stuff. So, yeah, it was good. It was expensive as well, and don't get me wrong, I went down. And I learned a lot. I learned a lot about how to cater for people that um, were all different heights, sizes. Uh, I learned a lot about resistance machines, profiles of resistance machines, and how you can actually get a full use out of them, whether you need to add stuff to them, um, stuff that are useless about them, you know. But if I'm being brutally honest, I know my clients listen to this as well, it's not for the demographic that I work with. It's, it's, it's really not. It's It's... For probably like if Matt, if you were my client and I was, you know, training you face to face for prep, it would 
it would probably be something some of the stuff I would start to use. Yeah, yeah, I think that's fair to say. Um, one thing I was going to ask you, Dan, just not only for my benefit, but also just for the listeners who are um, probably walking, trudging along in the rain with their headphones into this right now. Yeah. Um, what do you think, or how do you think people have coped post lockdown overall? Not just people you train, just in general, and people you train. In general, I think people uh, were, um, I don't want to say worse off the second time. I think the second time came at such a shock that people just like gave up. Um, I spoke to a lot of people that were like, oh, I'm back to flat ground zero because like I obviously did nothing sort of most of the first lockdown. Then towards the end, I kind of got out of my funk and then when lockdown ended, I got into my routine again and blah, blah, blah. And then when the second lockdown hit, it was kind of Christmas time anyway. And then as soon, it was Christmas Day we locked down, wasn't it? Yeah. I think it was like 25th of December. And then straight from there, it was until like the 6th of May or something we were locked down to, something like that. Yeah. Um, that they were just like, yeah, I just totally gave up. Um, obviously, there's exceptions to those rules. There were people that were still regimented and... And, and you know people that still exercised and but in in a whole i think generally i think a lot of people were affected much more by the second lockdown than they were the first yeah i mean i would agree with that i think from working with people from what i you know get from people when i chat to them i think people struggled more second time around as well um i think it's more a mindset thing than a physical thing yeah um it's just like people came to terms with the first lockdown and they were like, the light at the end of the tunnel was when gyms open, when they can go see their friends and family again. Yeah. And then when it happened the second time around, I feel like everyone in Britain was unprepared for that second lockdown and how long it was going to go on for. So I think that hit people, including me, to be honest, it hit people like, like a ton of bricks. I didn't have a clue that it was going to be that bad. And I didn't feel like it was justified. I didn't feel like the amount of people ill correlated with how many people had to stay at home and not work and create debt, create mental health issues, which I know people personally really struggled with that side of things um, in the past year or so. And it's, it's pretty shit, if I'm honest with you, it's pretty shit to see. But now that we're past that and hopefully we are past lockdowns, I mean, never say never, but hopefully we are past all that. I think the only way is up for most people. And I think most people um, have bounced back, that I train anyway, and they're getting into a better routine. They're already part of making progress and um training wise i think everyone feels a bit better when they can train in a gym and you know go out for walks with people they know meet up with people even like what we did for your 30th dan and going out and having a few drinks and stuff like we did that for the first time in a really long time and like as people know me and you like you know we don't we don't really do that that's not really something that i do on a regular basis so um but it felt really good to just be out meet folk you know not worry about wearing a bloody face mask and not worry about, you know, oh, I need to do this, I need to do that, I need to, you know, make sure I'm not close to people. You know, the whole two metres thing that was going on for a while, that's just, it's just not a normal way to live. And I don't think anyone really wanted to do it. Um, obviously, we, we were kind of forced into it, but no one really wanted to do it for as long as we did have to. Um, so, you know, just doing things like that, I think is a positive. And uh, as I say, getting back into nutrition, back into training for most people has, uh, has helped their mental state. And, uh, and obviously the physical part is, is really obvious. 
it's you know you're going to feel better you're going to look better when you're training regularly eating well and i think most of my clients have improved since we started um i don't think all of them have if i'm totally honest with you um i think there's one or two who have really not made progress in that time um i think they'd be the first ones to admit that and it's just maybe a hangover effect if you know what i'm talking about yeah. of the lockdowns they've got into bad habits and they've struggled to get out of them again um and i think people who don't go and see a pt or don't have a coach for example will be struggling even more because there's no accountability on that side of things you know if they're not checking in once a week or if they're not seeing you face to face once a week they're struggling even more than those who do yeah i think for me and one thing i noticed is that when things open back up because i think i think it was the 6th of may or something something like that anyway everything opened on the same day. Gyms, uh, pubs and bars, to, <clears throat> pardon me, to full uh, time, um, nightclubs, blah, 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 all opened at the same time. And I think to start with, people were more concerned about going to see their loved ones and friends more regularly, uh, catching up, having nights out, um, and going on holiday because we were in summer. And I think the gym kind of got left as a little bit of a background. Um, and I think that's not the case now. I think obviously we've been through the July, June, July, August, September, which are the summer months. Um, however, I would like to give, and maybe this is too late to be given advice for this because you may have already been in it or you, you never know, you might still be going through this. But the people that I've come across that have, and you know, you've probably come across them as well. They go and they say, right, on Monday, I'm going to start my diet again. I'm going to eat like a um, monk. I'm not going to drink. I'm going to train every day. I'm going to do 30,000 steps a day. I've heard it all before. And if I genuinely had a pound for every time somebody said it, I'd be a billionaire, right? But I think the most important thing is, and again, it might be too late to be saying this to you, but if you're going through this constant vicious cycle of falling on and off the wagon, I don't really like saying that, but I suppose that's what you, the prospect would kind of deem it as, is that think of it as like you're, you're, you're in gears, right? I think too many people try to jump to fifth gear straight away. Yeah. Now, you know and I know now, we both drive automatics, so <laughs> we've not driven a manual car in a while. However, if you try to cool off in a car in manual, in fifth gear, it would stall. So you wouldn't even get going. Okay? However, we as humans, and certainly the UK public, think that come Monday morning, they should get up at 6 a.m. and, you know, be working out and prepping meals and doing steps and planning everything to IT and just throwing too many things and starting at fifth year. Why don't you just start at even second? Because we can pull away in second. You might get a little bit of a stutter and a shudder with your car, but you can start in second. Why don't you just get up and go for a walk? And then on your walk, think, right, what am I going to do for food today? Okay, this is what I'm going to do. And then slowly build it up to then. Because if you try to start in fifth gear, you either A, you're not going to get off the mark at all, or B, I can guarantee you, I can, and I know you're going to be sitting listening thinking, this is me. You're either going to get to Thursday or Friday, and you're going to go, I've had such a shit week, and I've been good all week. I'm going to have a pizza tonight, 
or I deserve this, or you know, like a, a sort of reward system. Yeah. And I just think that's the total wrong way to look at it. I think start in second year, build yourself up. Even if it does take you four weeks to get to fifth year, that doesn't matter. Like, you're not going anywhere. You're not in a rush. You shouldn't rush this process. Like, when people, you know, think that they build up bad habits and, you know, they build up weight over a 20-year period, they think they can lose the same amount of weight within four weeks. Yeah. It's like mind-blowing. It's like, take your time, relax. It's Enjoy the process. Learn about the process. And you'll be thankful for it at the end of the day. Yeah, I agree with you. I think, I think a lot of people do that. And uh, one thing I see quite a lot is with sort of people I train, is people try and do the, the whole zero to fifth that you were speaking about before. Um, they try and do that with nutrition. So they try and do that with the calorie deficit. So I could, I could honestly rattle off so many examples of people who have said this to me, but we try and not use names in the podcast because people, really, people don't really want to be outed <laughs> on a podcast. But I could, I could honestly give you so many examples of people who Zippy? have... <laughs> no, no, Zippy's doing well right now. Um, so, I, yeah, what I was going to say is I could give loads of examples of people who they've, let's say they've had a really bad lockdown, they've just been eating shit, they've put on weight, um, which, you know, like fair enough that's happened it's done now you move on but instead of slowly creeping back into a deficit and getting their exercise routine going again to make themselves feel better they're like right i'm gonna eat 1200 calories a day for the next two months before i go on holiday i'm like whoa 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 you've been gaining weight you're 100 kilos plus you've probably eaten in a surplus and you've probably been consuming over 3000 whether you want to admit that to anyone or not that's realistically what i'm looking at you and telling you you've been doing you know, going teetotal, removing every food in your fridge and going and buying all this healthy food and replacing it with, with lean meat is great on paper. But in reality, all you're doing is setting yourself up to fail. You're changing so many things at once. You're dropping your calories so much. Naturally, what's going to happen is you're going to do that for a couple of days and be starving. You're going to be thinking of food. You're going to be craving food. And you just create this negative feedback loop of your thoughts with nutrition, you're thinking about food more. When in reality, if you're eating in a surplus and you've been gaining weight, to lose weight, you just need to trim it down a bit. You, you could probably, if, if I take that person who's eating over 3,000 calories a day to gain weight, you could trim it down to two and a half and then two, two, 2,000. And by the time you're at 2,000, you're probably dropping a kilo a week with ease. And you're still eating a decent amount of food. I would consider 2,000 calories a decent amount of food for losing body fat. And, the thing and, is, well, just sorry to butt in there, to cut down that weight, People think that you need to remove mass food groups out. Just stop cooking in high-fat oils, yep. remove sauces, stop snacking all the time, stop having uh, high-calorie drinks, yep. and then you don't have to remove certain food groups. Yeah. Subtle, subtle changes over a long period of time make bigger, bigger result dense than, uh, than massive changes over a short period of time. Massive changes over a short period of time will always, always be short periods of time. And, you know, if you make small changes over a long period of time, you'll ultimately have more success. And you'll do it in a better way that actually is more enjoyable. You'll actually enjoy the process. Yeah. If you take someone who's an elite bodybuilder, who knows their body inside out, for example, their body composition is part of their, that's how they make money, is their body composition, getting to extreme low levels of body fat. Do you think they crash diet and half their calories in one day? No. An elite athlete cannot do that. 
because they know performance would suffer and they know they couldn't handle it. So what makes an average Joe think that they can manage it will never make sense to me. If you're listening to this and you're an average Joe, never do that because elite athletes would never do it and they couldn't hack it. So you definitely can't hack it. <laughs> I almost think it's annoying how average Joes think that they can over an athlete. That annoys me. I yep. must admit, that annoys me. Or people that are so naive that they're like, oh, I'll just, I'll just have a thousand calories a day for four weeks and drop weight quickly. And I'm like, what gives you the right to do that? Like, you don't, yep. you know nothing about nutrition. Like, yep. you'll still cut weight even if you have 1,900 calories a day. So why not have 1,900 calories? Yeah. And also, you'll manage to follow that. Yeah. And you won't feel like crap every training session. You won't feel like you're feel like crap when you first wake up in the morning. You know, like it's just there's more to life than calories and there's more to life than yeah. you know cutting weight all the time. Do things in phases, like yeah. Again As we said, it's not it's not just about doing it to to benefit yourself in the long run. It's also doing it to manage it. It's to manage it yourself, to make sure that you don't fail. Like you're going to be more successful with the diet if you do it gradually rather than if you do it, you know, suddenly and abruptly dropping your calories to a crazy low. Um, so you're actually, you're, you're giving yourself more opportunity for success by doing it in that way. Yeah. 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 Perfect. Right. So we'll wrap up there, will we? Not bad for the first one back. I think we've covered quite a fair, um, amount of stuff yeah i think it was a good one today just to get you back into it um yeah. listeners that is yeah. i think you know in the coming weeks we're gonna we're gonna be putting out some content um some of the episodes will be will be sort of educational for you guys to listen to and hopefully learn something from so it'll be a bit more in depth and a little bit less about me and dan some of the episodes as dan said earlier we'll have guests on we'll mix it up quite a bit so they won't be the same every week um we're gonna be changing things up quite a lot so again, if you have any suggestions, let us know. Um, but yeah, hopefully you enjoy the coming episodes over the next few weeks. Perfect. And that's another episode of Two Pints Water and a Pack It Away.